This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And this is the final match day or pre-match podcast of the season, of our second Premier League season. And we're delighted to say we're going to be having some more Premier League podcasts because Brentford are going to be in the Premier League for a third season. And we've got Man City coming up on Sunday, final game of the season. And we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking all sorts of football because to be quite honest with you, there's loads to talk about. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my man Laney. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Really, really looking forward to the game on Sunday. Um, not necessarily because it's the end of the season. It's been a long, long old season. We'll talk about that. But yeah, just to see, it's, it's just a brilliant way to end it, seeing the champions come to our place and uh, yeah, it's, um, give them a bit of a clap and show some manners and then hopefully do the double, mate. That's what we want. That's right. Manners, double, football, Sunshine, it should be like that in the pub beforehand. 4:30 kickoff as well. I believe that's the case, which means that it's going to be a nice long day for some. So yeah, looking forward to it. So, um, but this week, lady, I mean, you know, it's, there's been a few things happening. I mean, the, the club have interestingly they've gone they've gone early, haven't they? They've 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 tucked, they've tucked right in early before the end of season. Normally, if you remember the old school massive in the house, there used to be always like the final game of the season which would have been on Sunday. And then on the following day, which would have been the bank holiday Monday, they would have had the big red ball, which we used to have, like, you know, which basically was the players' ball. And the fans used to be invited. They used to buy tickets to it and they used to go to the players' ball. So you had the fans and the players all mixing and they used to get all the awards that used to go out. And it used to be a bit of a laugh. And uh, I know I'm venturing back into the past again, but they um, but they called it early because they didn't even wait until the end of the season this time. They've actually had their end of season awards before the final game of the season. Um, which probably means that they're all going to be disappeared by by, by Sunday night, and they're going to be off. And uh, yeah, and there are there are a few awards handed out, weren't there, Laney? You're right. Actually, I think you're spot on. I think it's a sign that the players are going to be like off ski as soon as the final whistle goes. They do their interviews, 
they'll uh, wave each other goodbye and they'll be on the beach by Saturday, by, by Monday morning, I would have thought. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, the, the, the awards were handed out and uh, it was it was good to see that it was they were they were sort of um, distributed pretty pretty well. Um, you know, Ben Mee was was given the uh, supporters player of the year, which was I don't think it was a, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise. I think it was probably a close thing between him and Ivan Tony. Um, and then the uh, players' player um, was was Ivan Tony, and the goal of the season, which this is the one where they've probably gone a little early, was Brian and Bumo's against Man United, the fourth goal, which was an incredible uh, build-up. It was that counter-attack, but there was one, if not both, of the uh, Tottenham goals from last weekend. They were up there with it, I think, in terms of build-up and his finish. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it, it was still a great goal. Um, and we will talk about our own um, decisions and um, the besotted uh, you know awards we'll we'll be doing next week. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out, keep an eye out for that. Definitely keep an eye out. I mean, like I said to you, um, the besotted global player of the week actually went to uh, Ben Mee. Uh, and Ben Mee, who's been right up in there actually in the thick now. I mean, who's going to win the overall player of the season is a big big question we'll find out next week we have big plans to go to the pub to the globe um with a, a whole rabble of characters actually like i said to you we get down the pub a lot less often which is probably good for our health but probably not good for the vibe of the pod um, but we're going to go back there on uh this week and we're going to be going through the season our highs and our lows of the season what fun we had what fun we didn't have what goals that we loved what games we loved what team what what, what away games were great and what games were rubbish you know any funny parts of the moment we were going all through those things at some stage next week bringing that to you uh on a podcast to you very very soon so looking forward to that and on top of that like i said to you we'll be giving you our besotted global player of the season it's been totted up so it's not one of these ones which you vote for at the last minute and you remember who played well last match and you vote for that person this one has been voted from match one so every single match has been voted and also you give your first the second and the third and there's some sort of kind of algorithm in there as well it's like a Benham style algorithm which actually kind of works out exactly how popular each player was in each game and so it's a really properly weighted and a properly kind of marked one which was done by the Tasmanian Bee out there in Tasmania who's been doing these every single week and uh, Dave Genford really appreciate his work on this it's been absolutely fantastic so you're very excited about this aren't you lady? Yeah, I am. So uh, they're always the they're always the best ones. Like the end the end of season when you can look back, especially when it's been a season like this one. So yeah, in fact, to be honest, we haven't had a bad one, have we? Really, you know, the, the, we've always been um, up there challenging for promotion or top top half of the table. You know, there's obviously been a couple of sort of um, ones that ended in uh, sort of playoff defeat, but we were in lockdown for one of them. So it's been a long time since we kind of slunk back to the pub with our tails slightly between our legs to look back at the season so there's loads to talk about loads of fun we'll have a right laugh so um yeah if you can't join us for that um it's certainly something you want to listen to so uh yeah come and join us over here Come, yeah, exactly that, mate. Exactly that's, that. That's right. So um, on, the, on the news front, obviously, during the close season, we're actually going to try and bring... Normally, we go, we go into hibernation 
in the close season. But what we might do is we might try and bring you a few little different things. Myself and Laney have been talking about a few different ideas that we could throw into the pot. And uh, also we're going to try and get other people involved. You know, we'll talk of things which are not necessarily, obviously they're not match day related because there are no matches. But we've got, there's plenty of things to talk about, plenty of things back in the past, plenty of historic things, plenty of things, you know, news things that we talk about. So we're going to see if we can actually get uh, a few podcasts going for you over the summer period, which will keep you in tune, but also just keep you just talking and listening about Brentford stuff, which could be a, uh, be quite quite interesting as well isn't it Lane? 100% and we've got the American tour to look forward to so there'll be some build up stuff to that and we'll be bringing you content you know when we're in the States we're going to have a, a besotted event um, all that will be announced soon we need to we're just we're just kind of confirming things with the venue um, so yeah so the fans that are traveling out to uh, um, the matches there should be an event um, probably in Atlanta um, for, for us all to meet up uh, and um, yeah we could we'll, we'll do something recorded there we, we've got you know irons in fires we're just waiting for the final details to be announced so yeah you're right there's lots of content coming your way show we should be you know we might have a week or maybe two weeks where there's less but then it should be back to a weekly um, podcast so yeah we, 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 we're going to try and do something most weeks during the summer that shouldn't oh. be difficult, mate. Oh. We did four, did four last week, so one. <laughs> we may not be both on it, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna... Maybe once a fortnight. Actually, I'm just trying to simmer the expectation here a little bit. Like you know, what I'm saying La- I lazy, lazy. Yeah, Bill. No, I know. I do like. I do like the summers. I have to put, put my feet yeah. up. The sun and everything like that. I do like it, which is all good. So, like I said to you, we we, we will do what we can. Um, a little bit of early news as well. Um, we we actually uh, we, we've we've got a little pod- one of our podcasts. We're coming up. We're going to do a bit of a goalkeeper cod podcast. Uh, because if things work out the way we expect them to, we believe that David Ray is going to leave and Mark Flecken is going to be coming in from Freiburg. Uh, we've already got a little piece lined up on, uh, on Mark Flecken. We've done a bit of research on him. But we just thought we'll wait till the season's die down a little bit. Let's get this podcast out of the way. Maybe let's just get the end of season podcast out of the way. Then we can throw you some information on our, on, on our goalkeeper situation. So we're going to be doing that hopefully in the next week or two. So check that out. Bees Breakdown, the Gowler and crew have been very good in actually providing us information. And if you want to check them out as well, they've got wicked little breakdowns of every single match. They've just put up the breakdown for the Tottenham game as well, you know, as how Brentford managed to turn that game around in the second half. So check out these breakdowns little piece on the uh, on the besotted.com website. Um, you get very, very excited about these breakdowns, uh, tactical breakdowns, don't you, Laney? I think he's done brilliantly to, to do that every week it really is uh, a bit of work he has to do um, to go through it get the screen grabs and and um, you know mark up the, the 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 pivotal bits of the match where where things changed um, so yeah well I, I thank the pair of them for for doing what they did um, during during the season I hope they've got the energy to do it again next year because it's some something I know a lot of Brentford fans like and comment on so yeah cheers for doing that the other the other cheers that goes out Bill cheers. is um our old mate Cleve West he, he he we won he's like a you know massive Brentford fan friend of Besotted back you know back from the early 90s um and he's a you know a very famous um gardener um and he's won multiple Chelsea Flower Show awards and other big horticulture awards and he got a, another gold medal this this week at the Chelsea Flower Show that's the second massive victory um, for Chelsea, oh, Chelsea. Yeah, oh, yeah this in the last couple of weeks so well done well done Cleve um, well done Cleve ho- 
Yeah. West, West London is ours. Most definitely, Cleve. <laughs> well done. Also, want to a big shout out to the, the Westbrook as well, Ian Bresbrook, who is our absolute statistician when it comes to away games or away teams visiting New Griffin Park. He always does his feature every game. You'll check it out for the Man City game here as well. On Bissotter.com drops the day before, maybe two days before the match. It's always fantastic. The away fans always comment about it and it's always got a beer guide in there as well for people who are coming to Brentford. So wicked. Well done, Ian, for that. We appreciate your work. Anyway, enough of the congratulations. It's almost like it sounds like an end of season show, this, doesn't it, Laney? It's kind of. It's the one game to go almost end of season, pre-close season, very early um, pre um Beginning Summer season, season. Yes, yes, that's right. That's the one. That's yes. right. Yeah, we, we we do have problems naming our podcast actually <laughs> during the close season, <laughs> so we have to sit down there and uh, get go to nomenclature classes. I think it is. So <laughs> do yeah. that anyway. Look, we're going to go away. Uh, we're going to go to nomenclature class. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to you about the Spurs match. So early Saturday morning, Brentford went to Spurs, and. We don't normally like early kickoffs because they're normally lacking in atmosphere. The players normally don't wake up on time. We don't normally wake up on time. You normally can't find a drink before the game. There's there's all sorts of reasons why we don't really like early morning kickoffs. And the Tottenham game, I have to admit, was kind of similar, I thought. I wasn't particularly looking forward to it game in North London so you didn't even have the sort of getting you know getting to the station at six o'clock in the morning jumping on a train and having the social element on the train before you got to your morning kickoff which helps helps that you know instead you know you had to trip yourself across to North London try and find a booze that is open and then try and get some vibes but to be fair we did find a booze that was open open nice and early we got in there at 10 o'clock and it was already buzzing and I was inside there the club shop and you know lady was inside there you know Jake even the even the even the Tallahassee bee the Florida bee was out there as well all sorts of characters within there very early and it was a good start to the day it was a nice vibe good weather as well and it kind of teed things up very nicely didn't lady yeah it helped that we found um, a decent pub that let us in, and there was, you know, there was none of that kind of scratching around, just trying to trying to find somewhere to settle. Um, so we had a couple of couple of beers before the game and wandered up to the karaoke stadium, um, and and got in. Um, and yeah, the game the game started off as as you like, you know, teed it up, Bill. Like previous early early morning kickoff games where it looked like the, not the players were half asleep but we we you know the spurs came at us quite hard and uh, you know they 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 were the ones that in in previous uh, weeks had been really susceptible to uh, you know like the early bombardment by the opposition and they they've gone behind and gone behind in some dramatic style in in several of the games building up to this one so it looks like they knew that unless they tried to impose their style on, on the game, then there was a good chance that we were going to go at them as we did in the second half. So to go a goal down um, inside 10 minutes was was kind of like, oh, here we go. Uh, and Spurs carried on to their credit. You know, it was a brilliant goal. Harry Kane, he took it. You know, the, it was a great, great work free kick. Curled it right in the top corner. But, um, you know, they could have added to that David Raya and um, <clears throat> and Ben Mee and that got in some, like, perfectly timed tackles um, or blocks. And, you know, to get in at half-time, one goal behind was obviously pivotal because in the second period, you know, we made a change. We got took off Frank on Yeka and we 
we we brought on um, Mikhail Damsgaard, and and that that one substitution really just it flipped the game bill, and um, you know we, we we were able to you know bask in the sunshine and watch our team. Um, you know, not, not not necessarily dismantle Spurs, but you know it was it was pretty much one way traffic, and you know we we did so well to to, to flip the script, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, I'm going to go early on the stats on this front as well, but I, I didn't check it until just now when I looked at it. And on the XG front, you know, Spurs got two point zero nine. We were put one point three six. So they created a lot more high quality chances than we did. So, and there's an argument to say because, listen, I mean, that Harry Kane goal was you know listen you just can't say anything about that I mean at the time we were a little disappointed because you think okay they knocked the ball back but then you know if anything was the defender too slow in trying to to, to close Harry Kane down but that ball came across but when you look at it again on TV the way that he literally placed it in the corner of the net that was one incredible free kick and then you look at the XG in that three percent so basically three out of a hundred of those that have been measured go in the back of the net. So that's a shot that any other time would have gone into the stands, would have gone wide, could have hit somebody in the arse. And it's one of those ones which was just, it was a wonder goal. You know what I'm saying? It was a brilliantly taken goal and there's nothing we could do about that. But other than that, um, Spurs, and if you heard the Spurs fan, you know, we're going to hear from him a little bit later where he said, you know, we should have taken our chances in the first half. And they had a number of chances in the first half, a number of decent chances as well. You know, that Kane chance was 3%, but then you had Sun on 11 minutes and a 35% chance of scoring as well. Dan Juma, who actually played very well in the first half, he had a 31% chance of one in three, you know, on 43 minutes of, that, that normally goes to the back of the net. And also Sun, again, 45 plus one, he had a 10% chance as well, you know, and those were sort of in and around in the box in effect so they kind of had opportunities and my, I'm thinking okay they went 1-0 up but what happens if that Sun goal had gone in or that Danjuma goal had gone in we would have gone into that into that second half um, or come out of that second half on a very very different train of thought so to be fair you know uh, luck that they didn't go in we also did very well in sort of kind of keeping them out and, um, and, and, and it just kind of just helped to, to flip the game for us there didn't it yeah, it, it did, and you know, I, I think go as I as I said when I, you know my, my intro to this was going in just a goal down was was vital, and I, and I think you know of all the saves, of all the you know blocks, Rico Henry's um, headed off the line from Dan Juma's header, that that kind of clinched the you know it was going to be one 0 at the break. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know. Rico's been overlooked for the England squad yet again. Um, you know, I think he deserves a call up. Um, and it was, in, but it was in, and interesting to see that you know Gareth Southgate's hold, holding the door open for Ivan's return for a Euro possible Euro place. We talk, we ought to talk about that a little bit later on as well because you know I think the England manager has said some really positive things about Ivan. But going back to the Tottenham game, yeah, um, uh, the, the the XG. You you couldn't argue with that, you know, and but our goals this this week were there was no no deflections involved, um, so uh, but that, and but, you know I, I I just love the I loved 
Brian and Bumo's all-round game. He, he looks so happy and he looks to revel in that um, role of not being understudy to Ivan Tony. He really stood up and you know it's a, he seized his opportunity on a stage. You know, I, again, I can't believe that no one talks about him um, as a as a huge signing. I'm glad I'm glad they don't because you know I want him to stay with us. You know, all, all, you know all the all the knockers saying he only can hit the post and whatever, and it just proves that. These things go in cycles, you know, there's a lot of luck involved and, you know, he, he's just concentrated on his game and he's getting stronger and better and maturing um, and, you know, not only to score two goals, beautiful, well-taken goals into the bottom left corner of, of, of the goal or bottom right as we were looking at it um, and then to tee up Wiesa for the, for the third, um, going into, you know, towards injury time, huge amount, nine minutes of injury time. You know, we had to have two goal lead because you know Spurs came at us and Raya pulled out another couple of absolute brilliant saves there. So, yeah, it was it would have been proper nail biting if if we hadn't had that two goal cushion. So, yeah, I, but what what a day out and what a, what a post post match celebration we had. What a post match celebration! We're we're going to come back to after we're going to come and talk about that after actually we, we go to the fans because I think we need to get the fans now to hear what they had to say about Brentford playing Tottenham and beating Tottenham in their own backyard immediately after the game on the terraces and also in the bars uh, with a guitar as you can hear straight after the game. I said last night when the B team won. We're going to win 3-1 three, three, today. And we did it. We smashed them in the second half. We put them so much under pressure. Unbelievable performance at the second half. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing by all the players. Come on, you win! That's the best second half of the season. Brilliant. Fantastic end of the season away from home. Uh, another team chalked off that we've now beaten in the Premier League. And double Manchester... Double Manchester City next week and that'll do it. I never thought I'd come to a stadium like this and see Brentford win, you know, little old Brentford. And we've fucking done it. The first half I thought we might we might snatch a draw. But watching the second half, we're all over them. We've battered all them. Over them. Battered much, them. Much better. That's up there. That ranks is one of the great days again at, uh, to see the boys away. Second half performance, magnificent. Ivan, he wasn't going to play today anyway. The players stepped up brilliant second half well I have to say what a performance second half performance we were absolutely brilliant I've just got to say one thing is the dream of Europe on is the dream of Europe on and can we do the double over Man City yes we can after that performance we can beat anyone I think the turning point for us was Damsgaard as the substitute we played with much more confidence we played on the front foot We, we managed to play on the wing but also cut inside which we weren't doing in the second half a Tottenham piped up in injury time. That was it. We dominated that second half. Another scalp. Should have took the chances in the first half. We had so many, like Son, Kuduzewski, and then second half, just you come out a different team, to be fair. I mean, that second half, obviously, you looked... You controlled the midfield. I thought our, first, our best player first half was Pesuma, and second half, you just nullified him. So, yeah, obviously changed something, and then all the goals, like, it could have, you could have scored more, to be fair. Not a great look for us, but then you can say can't beat an underdog story and look at Thomas Frank how long you lot hold on to him obviously you, si- you need to sign Tony down to a new deal I think you're loving this you? you're loving this oh, this is great isn't it okay. we've done the big six yeah, right. this is the we've completed it mate yeah. uh, we're in the middle of Tottenham 
singing Hey Jude, Beaver Town Brewery, doesn't get better than this. Away days, kick football out of football. But what he also did is we put the football into football. So we've had a kick football out of football day with the football. Better. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Ooh. There you go, fans straight after the game. And as you can hear, there's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of guitar action, a lot of singing. Bees fans happy, last away game of the season, and it ended up being quite a good day. I'll tell you what makes it makes it different as well. It's the sunshine. The sunshine, we've been waiting for that to come out for ages, but when the sun comes out, all of a sudden it just changes everything. And I think that, you know, and this is not just not be disrespectful, but I think that, you know, the idea of sort of sitting outside that bar that we did after the game in the freezing cold and the rain it wouldn't have quite been the same even though it'd probably been quite a laugh as it was sitting there in the sunshine with the guitarist coming out playing hey jude for all us beast fans to be singing serenading the tottenham fans in the bar with our hey jude straight after the match good laugh wasn't it Lainey? yeah it was really good yeah it was a really really good crew really good really good turnout went for a very very long walk from uh, new white heart lane um, to the beaver town brewery and um it was like really weird we walked over with this huge bridge and through this like heathland it was like it was like going rambling mate so uh, and then we yeah we got there and um it was just a beer oasis and had some good pizzas had a good sing song and um drunk bit a bit of ale mate <laughs> i don't know yeah. about you <laughs> yes it was uh, yeah it was quite it was it was one of those late ones one of one of those early starts and one of those late ones uh, like i said and it's one of those ones i said on the podcast we kicked football out of football but also then we put the football back into the football as well with the three one win i mean and just talking about that game like i said to you a lot of pride as well from brentford fans from brentford in the way that they played you know on the world stage it was on tv obviously around the world as well so people did see us not in the uk but all around the world saw us live i mean they see most of our matches live but that was almost like the highlight game um, and listen I know what 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 does frustrate me a little bit actually is that every time we beat a team everyone always tries to highlight the fact that they're not being on their game Chelsea or they're not on their game you know Man United oh they're not on their game oh Liverpool they're a bit crap this season or oh, Arsenal oh they're rubbish you know what I'm saying they always kind of do these things which I think it's disrespectful because it takes away from us because at the end of the day yeah you might not be on that, your game but you've still got some good players you know you still play, can play some good football and actually you've got to also look at the way that maybe the opposition have nullified and, 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 and stopped you from doing what you do because if you've got these good players in your side and you've got a, you know they're on big money you know what I'm saying absolutely huge money these players you know what I'm saying so you know you can't turn around to us and say oh well it's you know we're not very good so you should beat us it doesn't really work like that so for me I hate when the gloss is taken away and I, and I like the fact that you know there's certain commentators are out there who realise actually give them a bit of credit so some of the matches that they commentators says you know a brilliant Brentford I thought okay that's nice that's really nice um, I know a lot of opposition fans probably get really upset because they think that everyone is kind of glowing over the bees too much and they probably can't wait till we have a sticky patch because uh, they don't like it but the fact is that you know we, we've had for years where people just disrespecting us and just <laughs> ignoring us so it's nice that they give us the credit so for me 
I thought we, in that second half, not in the first half, because even you and me turned around, Laney, and we said, oh, you, you know, you said, oh, this is missing an Ivan Tony hole in this team. It's got an Ivan Tony slot missing in it. And this isn't quite good enough. We're not quite there. You could see it in the second half, in the first half, you know. Uh, I'm not digging any players out, but Frank the Tank, who I very much like, in this game, he just seemed to be a bit off the pace. You know, that free kick that he gave away was an unnecessary lunge and he just didn't need to do that. And then he had another opportunity where I think he missed the ball or he was just too slow and luckily Tottenham didn't score from it. But, you know, but he was, it was just passes going amiss, you know, because he was off the pace. I think a lot of other players around him are off the pace and uh, it wasn't good, you know, it wasn't good enough at all in that first half. But to be fair to Thomas Frank, where I remember back in the day, we used to say how Thomas Frank maybe didn't make changes quick enough. He was a bit stubborn. He was quite stuck in his ways. He's obviously learnt. And he just turned around and said, mate, this is not, this is not happening. And he, he, like I said to you, he got the big hook out. Like, you know, <laughs> Frank the Tank. He got the Frank the Tank hook out, hooked him. And, uh, and he put in, you know, and, and, and he replaced him. You know what I'm saying? And, and the replacement was just, was just, was a, just, a, just, a, just the difference was just incredible. Like, you know, so fair play to him. Second half. I thought we were brilliant, and you can't really you can't really say any better than that. No, I, I, and I completely and utterly agree with what you said about it. It, it. It's not it's not because other teams are rubbish that whenever we win, you know, we, we've won fourteen games this season. It's, they, those games haven't happened just because the opposition have been below par on that day. We're ninth. We're sat ninth in the table. Possibly could end seventh if if final day results all go our way. So that's not fluke. That's just that's quality, you know. And uh, yeah, but once in a blue moon, you do need a little bit of luck, um, and you do need teams, the top four teams, to be um, slightly below par because they've got that much quality. You know, you can't you know to, to compete and get results, which we have done. But you, we went to went to the Etihad, and you know, Man City they they had a full strength team, and you know we we did a proper job on them. And the same same with all of them, you know. We've done. We've taken four points off of Brighton, who everyone's raving about, rightly so. Um, you know, we've taken four points off of Tottenham, and yeah, they've had, they've had a they've had a poor season by their standards because they should be in the top four, but they're eighth. Um, you know, we could finish above them, and I think you know, <clears throat> the talk of European football is a potential still it's still possible, but I think my I'd be really happy to finish just. Um, below Arsenal as the top, you know, the second top London club. I think you know you don't win a prize for it, but I think it's massively significant for us. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Interestingly, I mean, you were talking about the game as well, um, and we were talking about Brian and Bumo. We were talking about the goals of the season where he got the Man United goal was voted the goal of the season for Bumo, but obviously the votes were cut off before this game. Uh, Listen, Bumay had a brilliant game, but also if you look at them goals that he scored, you know what I'm saying? That, that I think the second goal that he scored, um, just after half time, I think less than less than one in five. Well, sorry, not one in five, less than five in a hundred of those normally go in the back of the net. So that was again, you know, you talk about Harry Kane, three percent. That was a five percent chance as well. You know, the way that the the move of that ball, how he moved it across, and then the way that he took that was just unbelievable. Uh, and, and, and again, these are the things that you can celebrate. And I know that you're sort of saying people are laughing because, you know, normally he hits the post, you know, more times than he hits the back of the net. What a number of people have been saying to us, um, even people that work within the club, you know, directors of football, have said, Brian Abumo, don't forget, he's actually quite a young player still. 
He's not that old, you know what I'm saying? If he was 28 and 29 and 30, you think, okay, fair enough, but he's quite a young player. So to be, play like he is at his age, trust me, you know, give him another one or two years, he's going to be properly, properly, properly on fire. And, 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 and like you said to him, he's the type of player that we would, you know, would love to hold on to. Because what we've done is that we've taken him through them formative years of him, where he's like the BMW, where he's learning his game. And the last thing you want to do is kind of just lose him when he's becoming into that time when he's actually going to really start delivering. So for me, you know, Brian and Bumo next season and even possibly the season afterwards are going to be like kind of big seasons, I think, for him. Because he's like, he's had some tough times, you know, and he's really learned his game. But he's looking like he's actually just really maturing to be um, an excellent Excellent, excellent. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Find, again, by our scouting team. It's been a brilliant season for him, hasn't it? If you, if you think what he's achieved for us at Brentford and the goals he scored and the assists, he's also had a, he had a really good World Cup. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think... We, this, this, whatever he's achieved so far is, is still just just the beginning for him he's he's going to get better and better and better and uh, you know as I said in, in in my last segment it's just that I think not having Ivan Tony around will will actually help him because the, it, it, the responsibility he can't hide not, not saying he does hide but he, he knows now that this the, the team are relying on him he can't he can't expect Ivan Tony to be the one that gets all the goals and he chips in you know he he needs to be up there contributing even more than he ever has done. We'll see how the you know the formations um, you know how we set up at the beginning of next season. Whether you know Kevin Shard is going to be the the straight replacement, or we're going to go into the transfer market and buy a, a landmark um, a striker, um, or we're going to muddle through. We, we'll we'll see. But you know it, it, it is we just tied down the you know, said to a to a longer term contract. There's and Sharda, I'm assuming that we, you know, we, we, we make the, the 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 loan permanent because we've got an option there. I think that's almost been taken for granted that we're going to do that. So, you know, those three is a is a huge opportunity. So, some people think Ivan Tony being missing is you know is going to be a bit of a tragedy, which is not great. Let's get me wrong, but um, it's it, it, it provides other players um, a bit of a a bit of a sort of um, G up so yeah I'm kind of interested to see how it pans out mate uh, obviously like I said Brian and Bumo the player that we want to make sure doesn't leave the mighty 
Mighty bees, also not somebody else that we don't want to leave the mighty mighty bees. I mean, I, I've kind of like, I'm not even worried. I hear these reports and it just doesn't bother me. Every time I go onto radio, people always ask me. They said, you know, first of all, they used to ridicule us for having a manager like Thomas Frank. I remember when we first started off, like, <laughs> you know, what does he know about the Premier League? And now they're going, oh, you need to keep hold of your manager, you know, or oh, with that kind of form, he's going to walk. Listen, of course, we know there's always a danger that any of our staff could go at any time. But you've just got to look at what they've got in front of them. And, you know, you've got to ask whether or not Thomas Frank is going to walk into another club where, to be honest with you, he's not going to have the security that he's got at our place um, without and without necessarily bringing this, you know, be able to bring the success that he can bring, you know, that he could bring them, at, you know, to, to basically to jump at a high enough level. I mean, we're going to finish maybe ninth this season or eighth this season. So what you're going to do, jump to an eighth place team or a seventh or eleventh place team, right, to get them to maybe sixth or fifth, you know, and he could probably do that with us. Like, you know what I'm saying? But in the comfort knowing that he's got people who understand him, but also he knows that he's got the machinery, the Brentford machinery, which a lot of people forget. When people leave Brentford, they ain't got the machinery around them. So they have to operate on their own or maybe one or two individuals. And it doesn't necessarily always work for them because that machinery is very, very powerful. And it brings a lot of information to the whole setup. You know what I'm saying? And if you've got that machinery removed, you've got to kind of do that work yourself. And I think Thomas knows that and he's clever enough to know that and clever enough to know that he's got a nice little bedroom, a nice little living room, you know, that he could sit in there and put his feet up, you know, slippers and get the pipe out and just chill out. You know what I'm saying? And if he goes to the Tottenham living room, it might be a little bit colder and he might have to actually kind of get the spade out and he might have to start stoking the fire a little bit as well. And he might have to go outside and chop the wood from the trees as well and just come in and it doesn't really work because the house they've given him is actually cheap and it's kind of falling about bit bits so you can see my analogy there you like the analogy Laney um it's um interesting it's an interesting <laughs> one yes <laughs> yes it, Tom, it, yes Tom Tom Frank's Frank house, house. <laughs> yes. his house is bigger than yours yes that's right um, but <laughs> bigger I mean, than the garden yeah. shed anyway yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, mate yeah I mean yeah, Tom, Thomas Frank you know he, he talks about what he's got at Brentford a, f- a fair amount he talks about being at Brentford in you know in my book the Brentford Revolution which if you haven't bought yet um, you ought to um, and it, it, he talks about being being surrounded by happiness and love and it, it might sound um, a little bit cliche or it might sound a little bit I don't know what it might sound a little bit kind of um, uh, non-football to talk that way but it, 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 these things matter you know that he's seen what's happened to, to Graham Potter at Chelsea and you know that job he would have done it all right there, given the time, but the job almost destroyed him, you know. And um, I don't think Thomas is is uh, going to put himself through that if he can avoid it. And you know, he's he's going always if 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 our if our success continues, Thomas Frank is is always going to get linked by um, clubs that have shown a little bit more intelligence, you know. Um, they're not just going to go for you know the predictable conveyor belts. They're not going to go for Sam Allardyce, you know. They're not they're not going to they're not going to just see look look on a spreadsheet and see who's doing okay in Europe for a season and you know Arnie Slot for example um, and you know tr- try try and go and grab him for another three or four months. Tom Thomas is you know stock and his star is continued to rise and you know he he's gonna he's gonna spend the summer um, relaxing I hope and coming back full of energy to, to do this all over again and at, at some stage I'm sure he will be tempted away but I, I, I don't I don't get 
any inkling or I'm not afraid or I'm not concerned that that's, that's imminent, Bill. I, I, I don't know about you. I just, I just think we'll know when, when, when that's going to that's gonna happen. I mean, I might be wrong. Tottenham may come in for him and it might be an offer he just can't refuse, but I, I can't see that happening. What do we know? You know, at the end of the day, you can't predict. You know, somebody might come in and offer him ten billion pounds to manage some team, and he might decide that it's actually a great thing, Champions League, and could take him to another level. But you know, that's ifs and buts and maybes at the moment. Now, like I said to you, we're very lucky to have him. He loves Brentford. We know that he loves Brentford, and we just listen. We just move forward as we uh, as we do. And, and any any final thoughts on that Tottenham game, Laney? Like I said to you, uh, I, I tell you actually what I did think was funny. I mean, we're talking about um, 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 uh, the Thomas Frank, and obviously the, the Tottenham are talking about the fact that they think that Thomas Frank might go there. Um, the the shot. Um, who's the Dutch manager who manages Feyenoord. They're the one that they thought they had tied up, but then the rumour is that they won't pay Feyenoord the, um, the, the, the breakaway fee, the, 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 the compensation fee. So that looks like that's going to be falling down on its, uh, on its head, which is, uh, you know, that's one of those things that happen. Obviously, you know, Brentford will have a compensation fee. Maybe, maybe the, the feeling is that Brentford will be a little bit um, less tight. On, you know, more lax in, in in allowing Tottenham not to pay that conversation fee. Maybe that's what the thinking is over there. But um, obviously, um, with that scenario, like I said to you, Laney, you know, Thomas Frank going to Tottenham, um, the, sh- the shot. You know, the reality is they've they've got they've got a lot of options. I mean, one of the latest options they talk about is taking Celtics manager as well. Now that's the one that just popped out of the blue. Yeah, well, he's done a, he's done an incredible job up there. I, I, I'm going to struggle with his name, but yeah, um, but it's a very long Greek name. I know that. Um, but I, I, I think when you're trying to lure uh, a, a, a foreign manager from like Eredivisie to the Premier League, the Premier League's the draw. Yeah, the Premier League's the, the prize. Everyone wants to be involved in it. Thomas Frank's already there. He, he, you know, I, I think if we had Thomas Frank and we were in like La Liga and or, or we were in like the Bundesliga, I think we'd be really concerned that the, the, the magnet um, of, of the Prem is going to be too strong. We, we can't fight it. Um, but the fact that Brentford are there and, and doing so well, I just... I, I don't... It depends if he wants to go to a top six club or top seven club now or he wants to wait or whether he's not that bothered by it only time will tell only time will tell indeed I'll tell you who will tell some time actually JB's telling the time actually he's got his his triangle out you know what I'm saying as he's telling the time with some more facts and some more end of season funk let's hear what JB's got to say with his facts and his funk Jonathan Burchard here again. During the past 103 years, Brentford have played over 2,000 away league games. And in just over a third of them, we've been losing without scoring at half-time. In 8 out of 10 of those, we go on to lose. But to turn that losing position around in the second half to win, and score 3 goals in the process? Well, that's only happened 13 times before Saturday. The win at Spurs is therefore in the top 1% of those away results. Brian became the first player to score more than one goal in a Premier League game this season, other than Ivan Tony. In fact, Vitali's brace at Chelsea last season was the only other occasion that's happened. 
Apart from the pandemic affected season of three years ago, which finished on the 22nd of July, and just as in 1966, Sunday's match on the 28th of May will be our latest end to a regular league season. Conversely, with only three cup games in addition to our 38 league fixtures, this has been the lowest number of games we played in a league season. A long way short of the record 63 matches we played back in 1988-89. Last season we lost 9 Premier League games at the GTEC, and took 42% of the available points from our home fixtures. Irrespective of the result against Manchester City, this season we will take at least 60% of the points. So Brentford's definition of second season syndrome will show that we finished in our fourth highest ever league position and in the process recorded wins against the League Cup winners, the eventual FA Cup winners, the Premier League champions and the finalists of both the Europa Conference League and the UEFA Champions League. Roll on third season syndrome. So there you go, Shaby. Facts and fun. Let's let's say something. Let's see if we can get JB down the boozer this week. I know he likes a bit of a bit of a swift half, actually. JB, we can get them down there. Maybe he might have some extra special. We might have a little facts and funk end of season sort of facts and funk section that he might come up with. He might just come up with something that will absolutely blow our minds. So let's see if we can get that into the uh, into the menu, shall we, lady? Yes. Yes, I'd be great. To, and again, thank thank you to JB as well. While we're to, while we're thanking people for doing stuff like every week, it's uh, it's been brilliant. Cheers, buddy. It, it has been brilliant. And I, I actually was going to thank JB actually next week because obviously I thought he was going to be part of the setup next week. So I actually left the, the thank you. So we can thank him now, and we can thank mm. him again next week. So cheers, yeah, JB, for it. all the work double, that you do. Double, <laughs> double thank, double, that's, double bubble. That's right. Yeah. that's right. So anyway, listen. Sunday, Manchester City are coming down. We thought that we'd be able to do Arsenal a favour this weekend and uh, make things exciting for them, make things exciting for Man City, make things exciting for us by affecting the end of the season kind of positionings. But unfortunately, Arsenal completely and utterly fluffed it and they, they lost some games. I can't remember, it was a ridiculous game. Bournemouth, I think it was, like, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and that was it. It's all over. They fluffed it completely. Manchester City are champions. Congratulations to the Man City fans and the Man City team out there. Uh, champions. Uh, be interesting seeing champions come down to the final game of the season at New Griffin Park onto our ground. We've actually been. Cast your mind back to how many times actually there have been champions who have uh, been at your ground and celebrated um, at your ground. Could you? Can you think of any? I remember. I remember actually last season Leeds United. They celebrated like they were champions after they. They beat us and they 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 avoided relegation, but they were jumping up and down like they won the Premier League, weren't they? Yeah, there was there was that one. I'm um, obviously yeah the last kick of the games that have been playoff matches. Um, not not <laughs> there's been celebrations there. Didn't we have Hereford down one? Year? I was about to say Hereford's the one that yeah. I really remember. Yeah, yeah, which is odd seeing them seeing them on on the pitch and celebrating. But you know, fair play to them at the time. Um, and obviously Reading, I still remember that. But yeah, um, they they yeah. didn't win the league. They um, they just got automatically promoted at the time, um, which was yeah. So they didn't they didn't win and the league. Don, they, yeah. And Doncaster, obviously, they 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 celebrated winning. Actually, the they won the league. Yeah, yeah they, they won did. the league. Yeah, that was yes. yeah, that, yeah. We, we were so gutted. Okay, that yes. was so that was again last game of the season for people. Just check it out. Go to besotted.com or go to YouTube Besotted. Go Brentford versus Doncaster Besotted, and you'll see the whole video there. Where one minute we could have got promoted, 
with the last kick of the game, penalty kick, and then that was missed and they went up the other end and they scored and they got promoted and we ended up in the playoffs and losing again. Um, but there was one scenario where we actually played last game of the season and we ended up um, winning the league. Can you remember? Peterborough, mate. Yeah, I do, I do remember. Yeah, that was, that was an incredible one. Um, I've never, that was, yeah, a day, a day of days, as they say. That's right. 1992, we went to Peterborough and we ended up winning there. Um, I think sort of surprisingly, I think that, that and the fact that Birmingham City lost on the day to Stockport, I think it was. And they thought that Birmingham were going to win the league and they'd sent the trophy up to Birmingham. And we were just like, just happy to be there. And next minute they lost to Stockport. We beat um, Peterborough and we won the league out of the blue. And that was kind of, that was a blow your mind moment because that was the first time in my lifetime that we'd actually really done anything properly and that was just a fantastic moment as well but there was another moment as well last game of the season where we won the league as opposed to the opposition won the league do you remember? No go on tell me Cambridge away as well Cambridge away of course Cambridge yes. away which is absolutely phenomenal basically it was one of the two teams 1999 team we've got quite a few of the players from there listen to this podcast as well and it was basically we played Cambridge I think we were were we second and they were first or we were first and they were second one of the two um, but anyway whoever won that game I think I think we had to win the game to win the league and I think they had to draw the game to win the league and we ended up 1-0 Lloyd Owusu scored a goal dinked it over the goalkeeper and we went absolutely potty in that game winning and I have to admit winning a game on somebody else's turf to win a title is the best feeling in the world and I know Manchester City are going to come down and they're going to celebrate and have a right good laugh and uh, it's slightly different but I think going there when you've got the we keep talking about it the jeopardy where you go in there and you feel one of these two one of us two teams is going to win the league and you're away from home you're not at home you're away from home that for me is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I mean they've been up there with the best, and they're they're the ones that still give you know give us goosebumps or see see the hairs on your arms rise up. They're, they're just like they they happen so so infrequently. Um, so yeah, there's something to savour. Um, but but I I have to do say as well that you know I'm sure the Brentford players will give Man City a guard of honour as they as they come out on on onto the pitch on Sunday. Um, I, I've read a couple of places that fan, a couple of fans, not not many, but a couple of fans saying, "Oh, I'm going to turn away. I don't want to watch that. I'll walk out if we see Brentford clapping Man City." And I'm like, "What? I I, I don't. I, I personally, I know everyone's entitled to their opinions, but I personally don't get that. I, I just feel like I'm actually blessed to witness." the best team probably in the world come come to our place and they've deservedly won the title they're just exceptional and I think if we can't just clap them um, before the game and just show some respect and some sportsmanship or sportspersonship and and just tip our hats to you know Pep and those players that it, you know they're they're going to go on probably and and win win the treble you know the, the FA Cup the following week and and the European the Champions League. Um, I, I can't see I can't see United or, or or Milan and standing in their way to for the clean sweep. But you know I think we we stand an actual real good chance of beating them again. I, I, they they play Man United a week after. I mean I watched the watched Man City play at Brighton last night and they, they got a draw. They looked incredible to start with. But I think once it once Brighton had started up in their game, um, and Brighton looked great as well, <clears throat> and I, I think that they all think, "Oh, hold on a minute! Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get 
I'm not going to get injured. I'm not going to risk that tackle. I'm not going to do this. Especially now, the, you know, the title's all wrapped up. I think they will rest some players, but what they've got to come in is still exceptional. So, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not thinking I'll rest a few because it's going to be easy. It's still going to be a, a monumental task for us to to do the double. But it's what what more incentive is there? We beat them brilliantly, fair and square, up at the Etihad before the World Cup, and now. Um, in the last game of the season when we were all dreading this final run of games you know we, when the fixture list came out we all looked at you know May and late April and just got thought oh my god you know that's, that's, that's going to be you know possibly horrendous but we've, we've, we've won four out of the last five games and any talk of us being on the beach after we went down at Wolves it's well wider the mark so yeah this team never never ceased to keep impressing and amazing me and I and I honestly think that we can we can go out and and, and beat Man City um, I, I think the double's on Bill double is on I'm going to find out if Dave from Blue Moon Man City podcast thinks the double is on he's going to give us the full lowdown on the well, Premier League champions Manchester City Hi Billy, hi gang, David here from the Blue Moon podcast, um, obviously here to talk about uh, Brentford against City on the final day. Um, I mean, first off, congratulations on what has been another good season. Um, I I think Brentford have played some great football, uh, it's had some great results um, and we'll get a great finish. Um, and whisper it lightly but there's a very strong chance I think of finishing above Spurs um, just simply because of, uh, well... Spurs have been utterly atrocious this season, um, so uh, yeah, there's a there's a good chance that uh, anything could happen on this final day. So obviously, for you to finish above Spurs, you probably need to beat City, um, and that's just exactly it. I've just no idea what City's going to turn up on the final day. Obviously, there is um, there's a few things kind of at play with City at the moment. They've already won the league, so they're they're in a position where they will make changes to the squad. Um, they've got the FA Cup final uh, against Manchester United, so it's a it's a local derby. You don't want to lose that one. Um, and then they've got the Champions League final the and the week after that. And obviously, City have never won a Champions League. They've never they, they've never done particularly well in the Champions League down the years, and that's starting to change. So the hope is that that will change uh, this season with uh, with a win in, against Inter. Um, but obviously, that means that this final game of the season, there's there's a lot riding on it for City. You don't want you don't want players to get injured, but you also want you know key first team players that are available to get a bit of rhythm and momentum and and keep the legs going properly. Um, and weirdly, the, the the run that City have had in this in this final week of the season, um, I'm speaking to you just after the one all draw against Brighton on Wednesday night. These are two perfect games for that because it's it, it, it it's like pre-season for City in the sense... It's like a difficult pre-season for City in the sense that it really doesn't matter if they win or lose. But what does matter is that the opposition give them a very good game. Now, Brighton gave them a good game at the Amex uh, this evening and I have absolutely no doubt that Brentford will give them a good game at weekend. And that's kind of what you want. You want that challenge to go into the two games that... You you really really need to win and you need to put in good performances uh, in, and any kind of question that this is a dead rubber is is just kind of gone out of the window. Now Guardiola's team selection against Chelsea uh, last weekend when uh, Arsenal 
obviously lost against Nottingham Forest the day before. It meant that City were champions. Uh, he just he just played everybody that was that was available um, and just kind of fitted the formation around it. By the time we got to, to Brighton in the midweek, the defence was still a bit patchy, uh, but generally it was quite a strong team ahead of that. So I'm expecting pretty much a full-strength City side against Brentford at weekend. Uh, just to make sure that uh, that again people get get time in the legs and they get minutes in the legs, and um, uh, the rhythm is there more than anything else for the uh, for the two cup finals to come. And obviously, uh, the big elephant in the room is is what a test it will be for City. You obviously came to the Etihad and and played very well and deserved the three points back in. Uh, November, you you actually ruined my birthday because my birthday was the next day. So thanks for that. Um, but it's it, it just goes to show what an important part of the preparations for the final City will see this game as. Um, if if there were no finals to to come up, you could probably expect a lot of youngsters in this team, and it just be a bit of a of a final day madness from Guardiola. But it, it, it I, I don't see it being that in the slightest. Um, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, there are bigger fish to fry. Whether or not City beat Brentford, it's absolutely not about the result. Um, it, it's very much about the performance. And in many ways, I do hope you have a good game against City because I hope you make City suffer, as Guardiola says in, in places. There's there's the real importance to come in under pressure at times and being able to deal with that pressure. And even in many ways, not being able to deal with that pressure. If you, if you go through games and uh, and everything kind of runs smoothly... It, I mean, it doesn't really benefit anybody. There's, there's probably no benefit to City going to Brentford on the final day. You guys rotating your team ridiculously, City rotating the team ridiculously, and it finishing 3-0 to one of us, because it, it, like, it doesn't help anybody that. Um, I don't expect you're going to rotate your team. You've got a, a chance of a really good top-half finish this season. I mean, you, you're guaranteed a top-half finish, but uh, you know, you, there's a chance of, uh, of being able to uh, to really kind of upset the apple cart at the top of the table and at the same time like I say City have got those two finals to prepare so expecting a very very strong lineup from both teams expecting a very very good game a very entertaining watch um, when it comes to a score prediction though it's the final day mad things can happen should we say three all so there you go Dave from Blue Moon Podcast good guy Dave as well big Man City fans been supporting them for years and years and years so he knows the score he's seen the ups and he sees the downs and they've got a big up this season obviously they've got the league you know but also they've won the league and cups but you know obviously the big eye as you said lady is Europe for them you know after Saturday's over is trying to win that ch- elusive Champions League trophy so she will see we'll see how they get on with that um, Manchester City looking at them and uh, there's a remember there's a lot of fear at the beginning of the season lady when they people saw our last sort of months of fixtures and I think the word was we better make sure we got some points on the table before the last month for us we're going to be in all sorts of trouble you know with the Tottenham game and the Manchester City game and in you know, all these games that were lined up you know for the sort of back end of the season and uh uh, I, I'm not going to say it was not because you don't know anything at the time I'll be honest with you I wasn't worried about the back in the season at all and the reason why is I thought we did alright last season and why, why, are we, why are we going to fear these teams you've got, you've got no fear of these teams you just go out and just do what you want to at the end of the day people fear Brentford like, like last season they didn't want to play us and this season again they don't want to play us you know what I'm saying so it's good that we're now in that position now where people like I said to you start taking this seriously so I wasn't worried but I can understand the reason why people had the fear on because when you look at it on paper um, it does look dangerous but um, football isn't played on paper and now when you look back at it 
this this last month has been uh, it's been quite marvellous. And as you said, Manchester City looking at where they're good and they're bad. They're good at finishing scoring chances, defending set pieces, attacking down the wings, creating chances using through balls and using skill as well. They're very good at um, shooting from direct free kicks, uh, counter attacks, and attacking set pieces, which is quite a lot of things. And where they're weak at stopping opponents from creating scoring chances. So um, listen, you know we've got our work cut out against them. But that means nothing in our book because, you know, maybe you played this game and you look at that team last season and they would have said, right, we know how to unpick Brentford. We know what we're going to, we know what we're walking into here. But it's a very different team and a very different setup 12 months later, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's always, it's always um, going to be daunting to, to, play, to, man, to play Man City. But with a third with in in terms of form we're we're in third place in the, in the last five games is obviously man city and liverpool that haven't lost they've got you know four wins and a draw the pair of them um, and we've got four four wins and a and a defeat and that was against liverpool one nil defeat at their place so it's it's um it's all right you know we we, we go there um, obviously we only won those games because the other teams were crap bill I mean there of, was course. Nothing, of course yeah of course yeah there was nothing nothing about us you know we were just lucky that yes. everyone else is rubbish when we play them and I, I hope hope Man City are rubbish again um, on Sunday because we, right. we'll, that's the only way we can ever win a game that's right it's definitely the only way. They're going to win away. So, Danny, I'm going to ask you. I'll tell you what as well. Talk about the Man City game as well. We might, we might see if we can get I'm trying to do it back in the day, but I'm not going to do it again. You, I did the old keyboard. Remember, you used to do the old keyboard in the Globe last game of the season. You used to have a right good sing song. I think keyboard's gone into retirement. But we might see if we can get a little bit of music in the Globe on Saturday after the game. We'll, we'll see. We saw what happened in Liverpool with the old guitarist came out. There was a bit of a sing song. Um, not saying for definite, but we might see if we could do a little impromptu have a little bit of a kind of musical interlude, uh, maybe before, maybe after, or maybe both for the game. Just especially if the weather's out, it could be quite good. That let's just watch this space, shall we? Yes, as long as I'm not involved in having to take the mic and lead in it, you can you can arrange whatever you want, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully the sun's out and um, yeah. We, do, you want, do you want my prediction, mate? I'm going to just guess what I'm saying. I was going to come to you for yeah. prediction last year. I've got your. <coughs> I was going to ask you what your karaoke number is going to be first of all. You know what I'm saying? If you've got a karaoke oh, yeah. number, and well, karaoke number and a prediction. Free from <laughs> desire, two one Brentford. Ah, there you go. I'm going to go for message to you, Rudy, or message to you, Tony. And I'm going to go for, listen, I'm going to have a laugh. I'm going to, listen, because I've got two in a row. I've got the 3-1 last week as well. I've got the 3-1 yeah. at Tottenham and I've got the 2-1, 2-0 uh, two as well before that. So I've got to go for three in a row. So a lot of people can say, oh, if you want three in a row, Bill, you've got to go 2-0 Man City. But nah, nah, mate, I'm going to go 1-0 to the mighty, mighty Vs to try and see if I can get a hat-trick three in a row to end off the season on a proper, proper roll. So this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. I'm going to say, first of all, buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Also, subscribe on all good podcast channels and write us a review. We have our end of season podcast, and we're going to try and get down the globe and record it this week. So it'll be out before next weekend. Uh, or maybe we might do it no, next, next week. Uh, yeah. Sorry, this week coming. As this next week coming, uh, we're going to do that. So it should be out next weekend, hopefully. Or maybe we might do it over the weekend. We shall see how that goes. But like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant. I've got Laney in the house to be. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you too. Like I said to you, check us out. We've got Man City on Sunday. It's going to be a last long day. We're going to have a right good laugh. We're going to have a pause. We're going to have a pause. As we say. Come on, you bees. You bees. Let's beat them, City. Let's do it. Yeah.
days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official etf of the ncaa The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.